Welcome to the Exercises for Everyone podcast, where we talk about all things related to exercise, regardless of having limitations or not. Our guests provide information, insight, and inspiration to get you moving and keep you going. My name is Wendy Kleinke, and I am your host. So let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back. Today we have the proven world best, not once, but twice, best free runner in the world with us today, who is now a stunt master and movement master, um, Ryan Doyle. Welcome to the Exercises for Everyone podcast. I'm so happy that you're taking the time to chat with us today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for that beautiful introduction, Wendy. That was was great. Good. Yeah, I know. I'm really thrilled to talk to you. Um, I love what you're doing, what you've done. Um, I would love it if you would explain to us a little bit about how you got started and onto the path of where you are now as, um, you know, your life has kind of unfolded with free running. Um, yeah. If you could explain a little bit about what free running is, because I know it's a little bit um, unknown to some people. So if you wouldn't mind giving us a little bit of that. Um, do you want me to start with that now? Whatever you would like is good with me. Cool. Um, well, people have mainly heard the words uh, free running or parkour. Uh, it's a French word for the way through. And um, it, it, it's translated into modern society as like the most efficient way to move. And you can watch, there's movies on it. You know, there's this free run of a movie. There's, uh, I've just, there's a new Oliver Twist remake that involves a lot of free running as, as the means of getting from A to B and it's not spoken about hey this is a free runner movie no it's, it's it's just done as in like oh this is obviously the most efficient way to move we don't need to mention it everyone just moves like this and I feel like it's going in that direction anyway to the point where PE programs at school physical education is now adopting free running into their curriculum because of its safety and its efficiency and it's amazing how like uh, like they don't teach how to fall in PE because you know it's it's like that's really all we need to know how to progress by ourselves. If we know how to fall, then we can progress safely. Yeah. So in PE, you know, they're trying to teach them how to walk, run, crawl, jump. Usually, everything stops about there after you've learned to jump. You know, <laughs> crawl, walk, run, jump, and I don't understand this. this, this the list goes on but no one teaches it. And if you explore what else the body is capable of and take it beyond the standard physical education, you unlock a massive sense of freedom that you can take with you anywhere in the world. Find like-minded individuals and you can get to places nobody can do, see the world from a new perspective. And it's, it is really about unlocking that sense of freedom safely and knowing that once you've done that it's always there and you, you can just look at a city and realize that you know 90 percent of what you're looking at when you go on google maps and look at the city you're looking at rooftops you know what i mean <laughs> only 10 percent is pathways and where other people can walk 90 percent is on the roofs and there's a whole other city up there a whole new world and it's amazing how many people just don't look up but it's growing it's growing to the point where there's free runners crawling over every major city in the world and it's the newest urban sport. I mean, it's only, it really only got commercialized in like, was it the early 2000s from like 2004 onwards, 2003? Uh, and then it gained traction until like uh, 2009, 10, 11, we came to LA and we did the uh, MTV's Ultimate Parkour Challenge, but kind of delivered it to like 5 million Americans. Straight after that was like free run of the movie, which gave it more, and, and then it just escalated to where it is today. We got international competitions. Um, have you ever heard of the, 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 the tag game, international chase tag? Nice, yeah. Yeah, so it, it it's branching off to like um, even new possibilities now. And it, for something so simple as movements, it, it can't go, you know what I mean? It's only gonna progress, and it it's, it's amazing how people will look at what we're doing and see it as such an extreme level, but they're just looking at the, like the final outcome of, of, of knowing how to fall, of simple training, not realizing that 
you know, they're not like a, a superhuman or better than you. They just know how to fall. And that allows them to express themselves at that level with so much confidence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because the safety, we, you haven't seen the baby steps in between where they're doing something that's slightly different from what they've already done in their training. And it can be, it can look, you can look at it and think that's scary, that's dangerous. When actually, somebody without parkour training is going to be more dangerous than somebody who's had parkour training in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's funny that you're, it's not funny, but um, what's coming to mind for me is the importance of balance. And as I have worked as a fitness professional, I often talk to people a lot about balance because people didn't really think about it. And the reason that I, that the point that I always made with people was it's not that you lose balance as you age, but it becomes more important because falls become more and more detrimental. So, you know, maybe we need to be, like you said, like teaching people how to fall when they're actually falling, right? <laughs> when they're little and learning how to do things, they can learn how to fall. We all fall at some point in our life. It's not an if, it's a when. Yeah. And knowing what to do should be PE 101. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I love that. Like, we need to start a big movement on that. That's. It started, it's growing. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a great initiative. I would love for you. So, how did you. How did you fall into this? How did this come about to be in a part of your life? I think um, a part of it started when I was like a child. Uh, um, I had child doctors, you know. I mean, I was a. I used to hang over the banister and just dropped. You know, I was two years old, and oh my in my God. head, I'm I'm getting down faster than you. You know what I mean? It's like uh-huh. faster, big. Everything was all of a, an aggression to try and do it best, better. My dad was like, you know, wash your hair in the shower. And I'd be like, thinking I can do this better. I'm like, not me, I'm, I'm grinding away at my hair follicles. <laughs> and it's just the way it was. And um, I've got memories of jumping off of like a, one of those freight containers. I don't know how I got up there, but I was like two or three years old and I was jumping off. My mother running down the street, right, oh, it was a nightmare for her. And so I, I knew from an early age that I, I was, pretty wild and then they took me to gymnastics they took me to martial arts and I kind of found the love in Jackie Chan movies <laughs> and uh, learning how to you know break dancing gymnastics it's something that would that would that would physically drain my energy you know I, I wasn't the type of child to, I mean I was the type of child to actually sit there and play with jigsaw puzzles mm-hmm. but then I also needed to burn energy you know what I mean yeah. And uh, I didn't, a lot of people said to me with the amount of dangerous things I was doing, it was like, you're not going to live past 20 and all this. And one of the um, cool, remember that conspiracy 2012, where the world's going to end 2012 and all that. Well, I was yeah. a teenager when, when all that came out and I kind of calculated that I would be 28 years old by the time 2012 came. And so I have to achieve everything I ever want to achieve by the age of 28. Otherwise the world's going to end. <laughs> No, it was just like a finger for me, and somehow I managed to do that. I, by the age of twenty-eight, I'd travelled the world twice. I'd starred in movies. I'd produced television shows. I'd stunt doubled for mad people like Ellen DeGeneres, and and it was just a one thing after another to the point where you know I, I was sitting in my penthouse apartment in Liverpool, overlooking the skyline in Liverpool, saying, "I've done it. I'm complete." I could happily die tomorrow. I've, I've lived everything I ever wanted to. So 2012 came and went. <laughs> but then when I didn't die, I was like, oh, wow, time to chapter two. So I got married, married the love of my life. I actually man- married my manager at the time. Um, she was the only one who really understood my life because she booked my schedule and flying here, flying there. She, We had a very professional beginning to our relationship and then it kind of softened up and... We got married. Nice. And now, and now I'm 36 years old. Um, still alive and kicking, still stronger than ever. And there's more knowledge in me now and movements than there was the year before. So you got to mentally ask yourself, am I still progressing? And 
yeah, you know, it, it's the it's losing skills that scare me. Like when I haven't stretched for a long time and I can't do the splits anymore. Well, that's I can't split now. I've lost splits just by not doing them. Mm-hmm. So that hurts. <laughs> and I've got <laughs> now I've got something to train. I've got to get my flexibility back. And because when them stiff and tightness just comes up all over the body, I mean, it does. That's what we we're, we're constantly healing. We're constantly getting stiffer, stronger, depending on what we're doing more often. So if you're sitting in the chair the majority of the time, you'll heal and and your body will get very used to that position. You know what I mean? We're very good yeah. at adapting to what it is we're doing most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, want you know, to that's... adapt more to moving most of the time rather than playing the PlayStation. Yeah. You know, I find that... Um... Like I have a very, I had a very active job and when the pandemic hit, you know, last year in 2020, um, and you were sit, I was sitting a lot, like it was really painful to try to, you know, do something like that, that you're not used to. Um, you know, you're kind of talking a lot about, um, some really important components of fitness and it really sounds to me just as like some of the, the few things that you're sharing is that you're really with you with free running and you know mastering movement like you're really encompassing cardiovascular health strength endurance balance flexibility like you're talking a lot about all the 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 big components of what it means to be like a fit individual and I would love for you to share a little bit (laughs) about how how you feel when you're in your art, like when you're in, like whether it's movement or stunt or free running or whatever it is, like how how do you feel inside of your body? It's a good question. And I think it relates to enjoying what you do. So if you're doing something that you don't want to do, you're just going to mentally build up negative emotions towards what you're doing because you don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with movement and freedom and free running or even my job involves um you know i've got got to physically keep active all the time and so a lot of it is like finding the love for what i do and realizing that it's a mental game for me to stay in the love for what i do because it's it's very easy to go been there done that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like with what i've achieved so far i've five-time national tricking champion two-time world free running champion and you know they're asking me to still compete and i'm like i've got more to lose than they have to gain you know what i mean it's like so i don't want to compete in tournaments anymore i'm not a competitive athlete trying to still stay relevant in the game there's there's plenty of ways you know it's not i mean a professional free runner is, is is not someone winning tournaments all the time it it you know the word professional just means you make money from what you do and there's so many ways of doing that, whether it's teaching, whether it's stunt work, whether I'm doing lectures in schools, whether I'm doing podcasts, you know, this is all part of what I love to do. So making it a part of your daily routine. So everyone needs to come up with their own like service on their body. Like you take your car for a service in the UK, we call it an MOT. You gotta do an MOT on your body. And how do you create this MOT? How do you know what to do? By listening to your body. You know, it mm-hmm. speaks to you, but it doesn't speak in words. It speaks in pain. Like, if I stand up now and be like, my toes, oh, my hamstrings are crying out, Ryan, stretch me. You know, it speaks in pain. And they can listen to that or ignore that. And I can... So when you create your own MOT of your daily routines of the stretches that you need based upon what you've listened to your body and your body has told you, you, you've got your own routine. Everyone's got their own routine. Someone will look in the mirror and go, right, what do we need to improve? I want to grow here. I want to grow here. I want to grow here. That's so you add them exercises to your daily routine. And over time it works. It's not go to the gym one day, go to the gym at the end of the week and all that. It, it's a lifestyle you have to, do it on a daily basis to change your life and enjoy what you're doing. And I think that's the hardest part in some people is that they don't enjoy exercise and they try and do it. But if they're mentally negative towards what they're doing, they won't get good at it. They won't grow at it and they'll give up eventually. Yeah. So what motivates you to like, make sure that you're getting that in? I mean, is it just like 
like, I'm sure that you're not waiting for your body to tell you what to do, right? Like, I'm sure you have a little bit more of a proactive approach to keeping yourself limber. Totally. I do it. I mean, my daily base routines will start off as a full head to toe stretch, you know, um, this came from, I did a martial art called Kuksul One. It's a traditional Korean martial art and um, a lot of the foundations from that I've, I've carried through with me into the, all my other disciplines because it, it was it was really you know that's how I started off. I was a warrior, a, a dedicated warrior, <laughs> and um, so the, them stretches, um, you know, hamstrings, back, and everything. They 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 me warm up with what I do, and then I go over what movements I want to keep. You know, when you sum up movements into one category, there's not that many. You know what I mean? Mm. Once you can cartwheel do a backflip do a front flip do side flip there's only there's only so many genres and there's only so many areas of play like free runs only got five categories so you've got four tricks which is flatland tricks so imagine if you if you get hired to do a performance but there's no obstacles you've only got the flatland so okay. flatland tricks is, is one area to improve and that has become its own tournament if you google tricking just tricking it's its own sport where um, it's like a breakdance battle. One guy's martial arts tricking will verse another guy's martial arts tricking. Judge decides he goes through to the next round. So that's one area in free running is flatland tricking. Walls, you've got a million different tricks you can do. Run up a wall backwards, run up a wall frontwards, run sideways, one touch. You know, there's, there's a wall tricks, <laughs> mm-hmm. bar tricks. Um, so anything with a railing or a bar that you can jump to, spin on, there's... A bunch of exercises you can spend all day this morning my wife and kid went over to get some groceries i stayed outside the store on the uh on the rails where people parked the bikes up and i was just doing palm spins and jumps <laughs> so we got floor tricks wall tricks bar tricks level to level height drops which is going from one to another and you can always like flip down or you know you can make going from one level to another quite creative there's all the moves that you can do on a flat in a flatland trick. You can now take them to heights and levels. Okay. Um, and there's one more. What have I missed out here? Floor, wall, bar, flatland, and vaults. Vaults. Vaulting, yeah. So there's always something to get over. I mean, that is kind of the philosophy of the sport as well, is, is that you're overcoming obstacles physically and mentally. And when you're in the habit of practicing overcoming the challenge, you're mentally setting yourself your A to B and you're connecting the dots. I don't need a black belt or a certificate at the end of the week. I've just gained new skills, new moves, new possibilities. And it's rewarding to have that ability to set the challenge and to complete the challenge. And that's all the reward that you'll need. Yeah. And that, that that's called creating a line. So free runners create lines from A to B. And they'll, we can spend all day um, mastering that line, getting shorter steps, making it more efficient. But that is mainly parkour. Parkour is like the most efficient way to move. Or I could be a free runner and spend all day in a, in a, in a playground, not actually trying to be efficient, just trying to be creative. So you've got like efficient movements as parkour, creative movements as free running. A, a good way to look at it would be like snowboarding. So you can either trick with it or you can race with it. Okay. So do you prefer one over the other? Yeah, I'm a free runner. So okay. although um, I can be fast and I can jump a bit higher, there's always going to be someone taller. There's always going to be someone faster. There's always, and when it comes to like, pure efficient and racing and all that to me the biggest guy is going to win even though the little guy can go under the obstacle and choose a different direction but my reach ain't going to grow so if there's a gap that i physically can't jump and he can jump then it all comes down to a height thing (laughs) whereas creative um if, if tournaments are based on creativity performance then the little guy can win so it's hard to judge it's like art how do you judge art you know 
Yeah. Yeah. So you, you mentioned briefly about um, the importance of learning to fall. How did you learn to fall? I mean, did you have like, is, are those things that you picked up in all the different trainings that you had, or did you like really have like a, like a mentor or a coach who specifically trained you how to fall? No, it was really just the martial arts training, break falls from from martial arts, which you are doing at ground level, and then taking them to heights was just something we evolved, like with the ability of of, of how that the role works. Uh, I did an episode of Fight Science where they stuck sensors to my body and I had to jump off of a, a nine foot platform and I hit the ground with sensors on my feet with the weight of a star jump, jumping jacks. And they couldn't understand, like, is me, you see my foot compressed, but you see my heel doesn't hit the floor before I've got into the roll. So when my feet hit, there's no weight above my feet. I'm already onto my arms. And when my arms hit the floor, there's no weight on my arms. I'm already onto my shoulder. So you spread the impact out across a larger surface area and it distributes the load. So that does, if, I, if it drops straight down, boom, it doesn't work. Your ankles compress into your knees, compress into your upper body. It's not good. But if you've got forward momentum on your jump, you can then spread out the impact with the roll. And I'm living proof that it can take up to 60% of the impact away if you know wow. how to roll. And that's just the roll. Wow. And then, so if you're going forward off a height drop, you've got the choice of left shoulder, right shoulder. The idea is to not let the head hit. So we always do a shoulder roll. You've seen like yeah. the shoulder rolls that martial artists do. Yeah, the idea is don't let your head hit. If your head hits, game over. Yeah. We practice rolling without, we teach to roll without, um, like gymnastics will be the head between the hand, which works in the gym. Mm -hmm. Gymnastics, you know what I mean? It doesn't work on concrete. <laughs> right. Yeah, have to get your head out the way. So we've adapted a lot of the gymnastic moves to be able to work outside. And, you know, free running has pretty much stolen the male demographic of gymnastics. Mm -hmm. When you see a, a gymnast doing a routine around a high bar and some Russian kid doing the same routine on a lamppost outside, what are you going to appreciate more? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you, you mentioned that you're teaching, like, are you traveling the world teaching this? Are you teaching this virtually? Like, Oh, wow. No, this is a cool story. You'll like this. So in Liverpool, we started off like um, hiring gyms so that the community could, come and train together and it was all gym uh, like gymnasts and break dancers and, and and martial artists all mixing sharing skills and um, we outgrew a few halls that we were renting and moved to a big gymnastic center and then it was like every thursday night we it would pack the place with people who weren't members of that place were members of airborne uh, airborne is our little community okay. and it was grown bigger and bigger for years and then eventually they were saying no you, you can't use the pit or you can't use the bars and it's like well, what are we paying for and then he was saying you don't fall under our insurance because what you're doing isn't gymnastics and i was like these are going to kick us out so we partnered with friends and families of the community and we pretty much bought a unit and constructed our own free running center literally the same month as we got kicked out so we got kicked out in december of 2013 um by the 2nd of december we had keys to a new unit and by the 25th of january we had this place built and opened wow it was literally a fast turnaround and we had to because we only had enough money to rent the unit for so long we needed to have the business going by then and the whole community came with the hammers and the nails and the paintbrushes and we everyone knew everyone so there's like the six episodes online on how to build a parkour academy <laughs> really that's yeah. awesome if you want to watch yeah just type in how to build a parkour academy you'll get like six episodes and you'll see it from start to finish and from from the finish like when you look at it it looks like a really upper class gym with you know there's martial arts bags there there's blocks there's foam pits there's sprung floor and it's all color themed and then you see like in episode one, it's just an empty warehouse. So it, it's nice to, I'm so glad I made that series because as they were, we were constructing it, I was having sleepless nights filming everything. Then I'd go home, edit everything. Then I'd be there again the next day to start hammering and then I'd try and film. And it was, 
it was a really good moment of our lives watching the dream come true basically building the dream we built the dream yeah <laughs> uh, like like Jackie Chan had his own stunt laboratory where he trained with his teams and he'd come up with ideas for stunts. And it was kind of like that. I've got my own stunt laboratory where we can all train and free run together. And it's just amazing how it happened because of we partnered and collaborated with like-minded individuals and mm -hmm. parents in the community and we all put money in and, and, it, and it worked. And all our, well, the, the community became our staff members then. They were all coaches, and we had to grow a second community, which is the upcoming generation now. It was a beautiful story. If you if you check out those episodes, it's just called How to Build a Parkour Academy. I love that. Like, it's you're like really, you're a pioneer of this entire sport of the whole industry. I mean, do you think of yourself that way? I've been told a few times. Um, yeah, a lot was handed to me. Um, or let's just say I was thrown into the deep end when I in 2007 when I became the first world champion. Well, well, that was it. E every other country was pulling me in. I had 150 interviews in 47 countries, and and, and there's me representing the future of the sport. So make sure you get it right, Doyle. You know. What I mean? <laughs> so I just kept it very simple, and it's like don't overcomplicate it with politics. It's just movements. You know um, what I mean? And the freedom that you get from unlocking certain skills and knowing how to use your body. Uh, it's, it, you know, you can, you can train and beat yourself into the ground with this type of training, or you can train smart and understand like the conditioning side of it, how long your body takes to heal. And, and you can work out a lot from that. Like if you cut yourself, so if I cut, if I, you know, you can look at this at the, over a week and watch your heal. And you can monitor how long is it going to take to scab over? How long is it going to take to fully go? How You know what I mean? And from that, you can work out how you... So if I was to do the splits, I'm like, ah, this is painful. But I've figured out that I take two days two days to heal from anything, or two to three days. So all I've got to do is keep this consistent for two days. And so after three hours, I'm pretty already started to heal in that position. And then I can go a little bit further. And a few hours later, I can, I'm healing in that position. But as soon as I close my legs and go, oh, and then I'm now healing in this position. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's not about, it's about how long I spend in, in that position consecutively. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? If I have two days of not stretching, I'm back to square one again because I've now healed this way. So with stretching, you, you can monitor how fast you're going to progress understanding your own rate of healing and, and listening to your body it's weird but there's there's a lot of things that aren't in the science books or aren't <laughs> in PE or things that doctors don't even tell you that are just obvious and people realize that they're obvious from actually listening to their own body like stress we store stress on the body somewhere mm -hmm. you know you wear your emotion anyone who's done an acting class if i was to say show me scared they'd be here and if i say show me proud they'd go up you know what i mean mm -hmm. they're not acting you actually wear your emotion your emotion is attached to a posture and if you're in negative emotions a lot and you're frowning and everything everything gets tight and everything goes in and you'll store stress on the body somewhere and I believe that these stress knots that roll, run from the front, from your pec, from your arms, right through to your back, it goes right through your ribcage. It, it really affects your ability to take a deep breath, clear out your lungs. And I mean, it, it, you don't need a rocket scientist to tell you that stress will shut down your immune system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it'll. And once your immune system is shut down because people are stressed because the media is like, ah, COVID, CNN, BBC, everyone's rigging, dying. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy like that. You're just going to, you know, how do we shut down the world's immune system in one go? Stress, 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 stress. <laughs> yeah. Switch, switch it off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I, and everybody carries it in a different spot, too. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to. I don't want to go into this 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 virus that's happening, but I, I will say that once your immune system drops below a certain level, it loses the ability to fight off any virus or to work in harmony with viruses, which is what the a healthy immune system does. Three hundred thousand viruses working through the body every day. I'm not dying. It's just works in harmony with my immune system. But if my immune system is compromised because of stress, one of them is going to pick me off. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the idea is not to eradicate all the viruses out there. The idea is to stay on top of your own immune system. Yeah. Yeah. And movement is really key for that. I mean, if you get right down to the core of science, like what is life? Life is movement. And if you're not moving, you're dying, you know? So we say um, that <laughs> you die when you stop moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I love this conversation. So what are you doing now? Like you're, you're not competing anymore. And you got yourself a nice little family. What what are you what are you doing? Um, what are you doing now? Are you just hanging out with the fam, or what? What are you I'm, up to? I'm spending a lot more time in the UK. Um, I mean, I used to be like an international person. I was mm-hmm. no one knew where I was. I was always in a different country, and uh, because of the family thing, and also I joined the UK Stunt Register. And I didn't realize at the time that I joined that a lot of deals were going on to make Hollywood movies over in the UK because it works out cheaper for them or some tax break or something. So I've been, no, I was on, I was, I was on the Black Widow movie, I did the new Oliver Twist movie. And even in Liverpool now, there's about six different productions happening that like, wow, I didn't realize Liverpool's the new Hollywood but sh- okay. it's, it's just growing, it's growing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to settle here. Whereas, yeah. you know, when, when we first decided to get married and everything, we went out to LA and we were looking at, you know, the places where I was like used to doing this type of work mm-hmm. and we were house hunting. And then we talked about family and getting married and how important it was to have grandparents and aunties and uncles around. So we didn't really want to start a family that far away from our own family. So that was the big, okay, let's, let's, let's live, live in England. Let's live back home. Yeah. Yeah. The world is a small place. I mean, people say it's huge, but if you can get to anywhere on this planet within 24 hours, is it really that big? Right. 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 Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. That's amazing. So you're doing some stunts for the, tell me again, you joined the stuntman. So the UK has a UK stunt register. Stunt which is register. Like, yeah. So to get on the register, you have to like submit a load of requirements and you have to be like a done in six different movements. So it's like, well, I've got free running as a miscellaneous <laughs> uh, martial arts, gymnastics, trampoline and high cl- uh, rock climbing and uh there's loads you can go for like rally driving horse riding sword fighting fencing you know everything that's probably going to be relevant to the industry you know what i mean so once you've got your six different skills and the qualifications um you then need to show onset experience which that wasn't too hard for me to prove and when you get all your collateral you submit it and then you get accepted or told to carry on and i got accepted and now i work with some of the best coordinators and stunt coordinators across the world who've been doing star wars and everything and um i mean when i started training i knew of this direction i just never fully committed to like you know going into the stuntman direction because i was i I got into a position where i was living in the dream um coordinating my own projects then going into the edit room with the camera and the director and showing them how to edit the skills that i was doing and, and, and like we're going to here doing little no, as far as i've seen jackie chan was traveling the world doing whatever he wanted to do because he had the ability to move correctly i ended up in that same position living my own little jackie chan adventures dream traveling here doing this, like that. and i was in charge of my own productions and i knew it was going to come to an end someday but that was the life I was living as a Red Bull athlete. Um, I was with Red Bull for pretty much 10 years. And uh, and now I started a family and I'm kind of still doing it. But, you know, dream lived, moved into a different position. Of, you know, with, with being on the stunt register, there's a level of security to it. Whereas being a free runner, you kind of just hoping that there's going to be free running jobs, even though there's another world champion just been made and another world champion and another world champion, and they're going to get the next youngest, fastest guy in. So I knew that for that type of work, I was, it was going to be limited. You know, there's no 
point in trying to compete against kids, 17, 16, 17 year old kids who grew up watching my tutorials. You know, I don't yeah. want to. <laughs> Nobody wants to see me in that position. You know what I mean? Where can I be if I become the best free runner in the world? Still competing in those emotion tournaments? That's not really a step up. They want to see <laughs> me doing movies. They want to see me doing the next greatest thing. And, and I yeah. just want to be living proof that it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's such an inspiration. And I just love how like your life has just evolved from one dream to the next, to the next, to the next. Like That's amazing. But you can imagine how I feel when, like, I've done it. I've gone. I've done a good job on a project. And I'm flying back home, and I've, you know, I've really killed it. And I'm beat up, and I'm thinking about all the times I nearly died on that project. And I'm thinking I've just got a massive paycheck as well. I'm sitting there with all these overwhelming thoughts, thinking there's got to be a balance to this. Got, where's the, I've got so much pleasure. Where's the pain? And I'm thinking this airplane is definitely going to crash. So, <laughs> You no, know, every time I finish a job, I always have my death music on. Do, 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 right, this is the one. This is the music I want to go down to. And I'm sitting there thinking, it's got to balance out someday. It's got to balance out someday. <laughs> oh my gosh, hilarious! Oh my gosh, this has been an amazing conversation. So, right, I would love, <laughs> I would love for you to share with us, like. How can people f follow you? Like, I'm, I'm going to have everything in the show notes. Um, but, like, you just got, have such, like, an amazing life story. And I, I love your commitment to movement. You're so passionate about it. Um, how can we connect with you or keep up with you or follow you? Like, where's the best place to find you at? Um, I think Instagram's my um, strongest social media right now. I mean, I'm on Facebook and I've got a lot of videos on YouTube, but um, for being social, I'd say Instagram. Okay, very good. Very uh, Ryan good. underscore Doyle, really simple. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of, I mean, I can go into some, some of these travel stories if there's still time. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So in 2007, at the very first Red Bull Art Emotion, which I won, but on the, on like on the victory run, I did a double cork of a 12 foot drop, missed the crash mat, snapped my leg. <laughs> so I've got a titanium bar and yeah. a, a metal plate and 14 screws in my left leg at the time. I've had some of it taken out now. But that always caused problems traveling international with the scanners at the airports and stuff, especially mm -hmm. in countries like Dubai. Um, so there's one time I was in the Cayman Islands. It's a, in Central America, there's a little island called Grand Cayman. Mm -hmm. And it's the original Tortuga Island. So you watch Pirates of the Caribbean. It's kind of talking about Tortuga. This mm -hmm. is the original. And every year they have a giant pirates festival with carts going down the street. And there's all these pirate ships in the bay and Johnny Depp pirate lookalikes everywhere. It was, it was really cool. They got me involved to do a display down there. So I ripped up my Red Bull uniform, put in this crisscross and put a patch on me. I make myself look piratey and <laughs> did a running across the rooftops, jumping onto the floats on the carts, and then we did our own little performance and went into the schools and universities and did displays and talks. It was really good. But on the last day, I had to... My next destination was a tournament on an island off the coast of Kuwait. To get there, I've got to fly Grand Cayman, Miami, Miami, London, London, Kuwait, get on the boat, go to this island. It was a mission away. When I got to Miami... The scanner went off, so the guy comes over, does a pat down, takes his gloves off, throws in the machine. The machine's going beep, 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 beep. I'm like, what does that mean? It's like, you've just tested positive for explosive substances. Come with me. I'm like, what? We've just come from a pirates festival. There's fireworks and gunpowder. And I was explaining, and he's pulling everything out my back. I'm like, I'm still dressed like a pirate. And, uh, and then he lets me go. He understands what we've been doing. And... Um, Gives me everything back. Get, I just about make that flight. Get to London. Realise that they never put my laptop in the bag. They've still got my laptop in Miami. So I'm struggling to find the next flight. Calling managers and everything. Get the next flight. Fly to Kuwait. For some reason, London didn't put my suitcase on the flight. So now I'm on. I'm, I'm borrowing borrowing shoes off someone while I'm on this boat going to this island. And, I actually came second in the tournament, still dressed as a pirate from four days before. <laughs> <laughs> Just because the leg sets off uh, the scanners. Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, I've had so many mad adventures and 
I mean, they're not all going to come to me in this conversation. But sure. I've ended up in like my, some like hotels that are just like in Dubai, where do you know like a vending machine? You know, we we've got like Snickers and Mars bars in our vending machines. They had gold bullions in their vending machines, <laughs> oh. and this is the hotel I'm staying in. It's like it's like how did I end up in this position? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. And it all started with movement. Like I love. I don't know. It's it's like yeah. It all it is all movements. The ability to move, Mm -hmm. and you know, I've inspired. Well, I hope my videos inspire a lot of other people because that's the reason why I do it. I'm not like I don't want everyone to be me. I, I want them to have that ability to move to feel what I feel. You know what I mean and. I'm not the only one spreading this message. There's there's lots of other free runners and coaches doing the same thing. But I don't think anyone can really argue with do some exercise. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. It's one of them things that you can say to absolutely anyone in the world and you'll never be wrong. Same mm-hmm. with stretching as well. If you say you don't stretch enough, you can say that to anyone. You don't stretch mm-hmm. enough and you will not be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the, the message that I'm kind of getting from you. So tell me if this is right or not, is that you should really be listening to your body and moving for your body every single day as much totally. as you can. Totally. Yeah. It does speak yeah. to you. You know, it might not use English, you might use pain, but your yeah. body's, you know, there's, there's people listening out to this podcast out there We've got the knots, the stress knots, and the body's just crying, help me, and all that. And sometimes you can't do it yourself. You might need somebody else or a masseuse to work on you and get them out. But I've noticed, like, like recently when I got these knots out of my shoulders, I, I've got, like, my shoulder wired together. I don't know if you can see that scar. But mm-hmm. I, I pretty much blew my shoulder joints off and put this artificial ligament in called Lars ligaments. And I was like, yes, upgrade. Stronger than the human ligament. Upgrade. <laughs> it's like my leg. You put a metal bar in there. Yes, sir. Will it ever break again? No. Upgrade. I got like <laughs> upgrade. And I got laser eye surgery. And I was like, yes, 2020 vision with a built-in zoom. Upgrades. Yeah. <laughs> they just keep fixing me. <laughs> but um uh, there was a knot in my shoulder, and I actually thought it was the knot of the the cord that's in there, but n- no, when I worked on it and it, it, it died one day and just eased out. I was like, wow, that knot has been there for about eight years. And wow. it, you know what I mean? And what problems yeah. was that causing with my shoulder in? Or, and when it when it died and when it loosened, that my shoulder just dropped. My saliva glands all opened up and my throat and everything. And I was like, wow, I need to find another one now. And I just got into this habit of, <laughs> and I went on a rampage of getting rid of all these stress knots in my body and and that was a few years ago, but that's when I really started to understand about um, positive and negative emotions and how you're going to store the negative emotions on your body somewhere mm-hmm. as a stress knot, and it will eventually shut you down and kill you if you don't address it. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it literally is. Think of it like um, you know, your heart's trapped inside this cage. Your heart wants to know if the exterior environment is a good place, is a nice place, is a, you know, is a world that I can grow in. And if from what you see, your eyes and your ears and your senses are then telling the heart that the exterior environment's a bad place, your heart will just grow in and you'll all die, you know what I mean? So it's very important to surround yourself with positive people, positive energy. And it'll make, you know, if, if you are thinking that the world is a terrible place, it'll it need to flip. You need to flip that me- mentality because, you know, the... the, the 5149 equation tells me that if I if I spend more than 50% of my time in a positive emotion, I'm helping the world go to you know, a good place, a utopia. If I spend more than 50% of my time in a negative emotion, then I'm also helping the world go to shit. Yeah. And, you, know and I mean? I, you know, I think that... Um, it <laughs> it's almost like an equation, sorry. It was like You're an okay. equation for, for Jesus. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not religious, but I can't disagree with what the guy was saying. Just love each other and we'll go to a good place. I'm like, oh, well, mathematically, that makes perfect sense. I can write an equation down that says that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like what's coming to mind to me right now is actually, I think it's a quote from Henry Ford, and it's whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So whether you're positive, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. You're right, exactly. Yeah, you and I think- You always prove yourself right, no matter what you believe. Yeah, and I think you, you, can, you can choose. You can choose to sit in negativity or you can choose to move on towards a positive mindset. And in my experience, being positive just feels better. You know, like it just, it, it feels is. better. And you can't, you can't be in a positive emotion and a negative emotion at the same time. And yeah. I've also found that the easiest way to get out of negativity is gratitude. That's a very good trigger. I call them triggers. So when I'm trying to get people to understand, like, or to relax or to try and get into positive emotion, like, think of the, think of the stuff you love. Think of your dog, your puppy, your kids, your wife, your PlayStation, if that makes you help, happy. Use yep. your triggers to get yourself mm-hmm. into a good place so that when you're, and, and when you are in a good place, when you get there and you're like, wow, stay on that flow. And I start thinking about like, you know, I put, I put, I put um, 4K drone shots of the planet Earth and you see waterfalls and fields and savannas and I'm like, wow, the Earth is so beautiful. And once you're in that mindset of realizing that the world around you is a great place and you're, you're overwhelmed with love and you're, grateful for the world you live in you're like thanks for this day and and when you're at the top of your emotional pyramid you know let's, let's just call it love is at the top and we're all we get there when i'm in that state of love you can you're like this is the real me yeah. every other version of me in another emotion isn't the real me that's just me trying to climb back to the top of my pyramid of emotions in other words I can't help other people until I've fixed myself, until I've gotten back to the love. I'm going to be selfish and try and fix me. I can't help other people. And when you are in the state of love, you're more likely to help other people because you're like, I'm sorted. That guy looks upset. Let's go fix him. You can see when somebody else has fell off their pyramid of emotions. Mm -hmm. Because we wear our emotions on the outside. I can see that guy is stressed. I can see... She's about to explode. <laughs> I can see, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. You can't see it when you're in that negative emotion or you have felt your pyramid and you have to sort yourself out and you, to the degree, you have to be selfish enough to fix yourself. <laughs> yeah. You can try and fix other people. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. And it, it, it almost like, it's so, it feels like it's so simple. It's so easy to talk about now. Because uh, I feel like I can understand that you totally get it. Um, just trying to have the right language to communicate it to someone who's stuck in a negative emotion and and everything you try and say, they throw it back in your face. You know what I mean? Like I even know before, like I can help you, but you're gonna throw it back in my face because this type of stuff can't be taught. It has to be learned. You know, and from talking with a lot of different people with a lot of different backgrounds. Um, believe it or not, um, a lot of what I'm hearing is that it starts with movement because people can identify with movement. So when someone is in a negative state, um, the e- it's sometimes easier for them to get into a positive state by moving because they can actually slow down their crazy thinking, <laughs> the negative wow, thinking, yeah. and they can get a little bit more in their body and become grounded just through movement. So sometimes it's just even um, not even big movement. Like, are you familiar with um, Qigong? Qigong um, breathing exercises? No, it's movement. So it's just, yeah, yeah, it's movement. Is it like Um, Tai Chi movements? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of similar to Tai Chi. Um, I I talked with an acupuncturist who, who does that and I've talked with like, you know, yoga experts and um, all different kinds of like, like mindset people. And that's really the beginning stage is movement. (laughs) And that's where people, because a lot of times people can't get to the mindset stuff when they can't even get in, like get around their own mind. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, it's it's also, um, it's a positive thing you can do for the body. As soon as you start movement, that's it. Your movement, whether you walk and running or just stretching, standing there. As soon as you start moving, 
you start mm-hmm. loosening up. You start loosening up those stress. It's the, like the yeah. first stage to getting rid of, of de-stressing is you need to move. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, and I, I honestly, I, I don't know that I know mm. a super positive person that sits in a chair all day. I don't. No. You know what I mean? Like, I can't no, think of anybody true. that's like super, super positive and happy all the time and doesn't work out or doesn't exercise or doesn't, that just sits in a chair all day. Like, I don't. No, that, 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 that it doesn't even sound right to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Saying, but I think that how can you be happy just sitting there? Obviously, your body's going to be dying. How can you be happy about that no. unless they're a robot? You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I, yeah, and I just I think you're so right about like just positivity and health and all of those things. They all go hand in hand, and really, you know, doing positive things for your body is doing something positive for yourself. And the more positivity that you can give yourself, the more you can give other people. Um, I think that's what you're trying to say. So yeah, like and and, and the negative shit you'll store on the body. And if you don't dress it, it'll, it'll just bring you down. Yeah, yeah, bring you down. Yeah. uh, And if you look at the word disease, like it's dis-ease. Yeah. It's your That's body it. is not feeling ease. You know, right? you stress on so it just, you... it's everything stress related for me at the moment. It's like, well, your your ability to fight off a virus is compromised by the, the stress on your immune system. You know, mm-hmm. and you can work on that. Just, but I mean, when I was getting these knots out my shoulders, it was almost like as the shoulder dropped the memory of whatever that stress that was thrown there came back to me and just left. You know, mm-hmm. this one was from when I was at school and I got into a fight. This one was from this, this one was mm-hmm. it, like, it, yeah. It, and sometimes it's, it's like, how do I explain this to other people without sounding too crazy? You know I mean? I've got no medical background. I've got no, um, I'm, I'm not like a, a qualified sports physio. But all I've got is 36 years of knowing my own body. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be worth something. Oh, you I know? think that's worth a lot because I think a lot of people don't know their own body. And Ooh. you can have all the, you know, certifications, degrees, whatever in the world. And that doesn't mean that you're in tune with yourself. That doesn't mean that you understand how to deal with stress. And the body deals with stress the same way, whether it's chemical, physical, or emotional doesn't matter it feels with stress the same way so and it's it's not good (laughs) no it's not good so um what is good is people addressing it now being able to talk about it like like we are now and i'm pretty sure what we're saying will resonate with people and they'll realize that you know just it might be just a little switch in the brain that makes them understand what it is they're doing wrong and they, hopefully they will grasp onto their love triggers and using that they'll de-stress themselves. And uh, I'm about to buy a massage table and go, and, and like my mother has got so many stress knots. I'm trying, so I'm going to try and save you, mum. I'm going to save you. <laughs> so I'm going to go around yeah. and de-stress everyone. Even though yeah. I'm not a qualified masseuse, it's like, I can, I can teach you how to do it. If you can find that stress knot, you find the epicenter, poke it it hurts yeah but don't go ah go Mm -hmm. and the moment you take that deep breath in and exhale the the knot dies the one that you're poking it's it's Mm -hmm. weird but i've watched people do it i've explained to people how to do it and i'm living proof that it works you can put that knot to sleep you can put that muscle to sleep and some people don't even know they're there why because you can't feel them until you poke them and like ah I'm like that's not normal you know that should be right. soft flesh <laughs> yeah and um when they, it's like constantly draining your batteries to have these knots just be there going ah in your whole day it's draining your batteries it'll make you weaker constantly mm-hmm. so hopefully yeah. um i think see me me and my friends are playing this game but the 150 game Scientists alive. Scientists believe that someone alive today is going to live to 150. Could be you. Could be me. You know what I mean. So yeah, yeah, the thing yeah. is, if you don't play the game, you won't be one of those people. 
Yeah. So we're yeah. getting everyone to try and play this game and more than likely someone who, who knows about the 150 game is going to be one of the ones who make it. Yeah. Where can we learn more about the 150 game? I don't think it's even written about. It's just a social <laughs> game. <laughs> it's, it all came from um, an article that uh, scientists believe that someone alive today is going to live to 150. Yeah. So, we're, so I decided to play the 150 game, and I'm going to try and make that me. If I get to well, it, no. But the thing is, most people drop off because everything they already know is gone. All the friends and family have already died, and it's proof. We've got proof that if you have grandkids, you're more likely to stick around. So having mm -hmm. that something to hold on to is key. So having my buddies to hold on to, I'm going to phone up my brother and like, Anthony, I'm 149 years old. One more year, bro. One more year, we can do this. Yeah. Having someone to stick around with is going to keep me going. Well, there was the man, and I don't remember what his name was. I think he died in the 20s, but it was said that he was like 210 years old and he had like 19 wives or something like that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've heard a similar story. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what his name was, but he was, uh, I, I believe he was like a, a yogi. Like he was a yogi master. Uh, I can't remember what his name is. So I'm going to have I'm gonna Google that. that. I'll look for that. But the one yeah. I heard was um, a military general in, in China. He used to teach all the, the, the military how to, how to do the martial arts mm -hmm. and this all and he, when he died it wasn't even like of natural causes he like was in a car crash or something and yeah, um, yeah. and this old general like really old general was like oh that guy taught me everything I knew and everyone was like how old is he if you're like you're nearly a hundred years old so how old is he? and then this other older general was like yeah he taught me everything and they found out some documents and got a certificate they turned out he was like 146 years old this guy mm -hmm. And yeah. he, he wasn't even at the end of his life. He died of a car crash or something. Yeah. But that guy was four years away. Four years away. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Yeah, like we can do it. We can totally do it. If it does do work it. and if I do get to 150, that's it. I'm convinced death is a man-made construct. <laughs> if it gets, I will, I'll be like, wow, I've just, you know, we've gotten from like, what's the age expectancy of males today? <laughs> right, like, yeah, yeah. So, like in a world where like like my family are uh pension age you know 80s 70s 80s and and the, the slowing down stopping and you know they feel like they've slaved away their entire life and they deserve this rest even though retirement is the biggest killer <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm like i've got to get when i'm 75 years old i have to accept them only halfway Yes, absolutely. And I'm I do think a that it's a state of mind, you know, like I know a lot of people in that age bracket. My dad's 72. And when he was in his 50s, um, I would try to encourage him to exercise. And he's like, I'm an old man. I'm not doing that. I'm like, you're not an old man. 50s not old. <laughs> well, now he's in his 70s and he's definitely an old man. Um, and he doesn't have to be because I know other people that are the same age that are super active and um, yeah. you know, not having all the medical problems. So I don't know. Like, I do think that like a mind, you know, the way that you think about your life, you are going to, you're, you're more just, than capable of making just, that happen. Like you wanted to see the whole world before yeah. you were 28 and you did it. And now if yeah. you want to live to 150, I think you can probably do it. Right. I'm going to try. I'm going to awesome. try. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Ryan, this has been an incredible conversation. I'm really looking forward to getting this out there. Um, would love to keep keep in contact with you. Uh, and yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to talk to us today, especially since you got the the little new the, the new little guy at home with you. Yeah. Um, I know that I time is precious. So I'll get some pictures on my social media of little Yeah, things. that would be Thank amazing. You. That would be amazing. So if um Thank you so much for, for joining no, us. And, thank you, know, you, Wendy. It's been a pleasure. It's been Yeah, this has been super I, fun. This is a great conversation. I'm really looking forward to getting it I, out there so yeah. people can hear it. I think that's it. That's the positive side of it. Why I'm happy now is that people are going to hear what we just spoke about, which yeah. I think is important. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So thank you for doing this, setting this up, and making this possible. And 
sorry for not for being unreachable for the first day or two. You oh, know what I mean? Uh, the schedule's a bit mad at the moment. One more thing before you go. As a fitness professional, I have a great love of exercise and a passion that there always be a space for people to get together and enjoy the types of exercise that they love. If you're interested in learning tips and strategies to help you build a fitness community of your own, please join us on Facebook. We have a free group called The Lifted Community where we talk about these ideas. Just search The Lifted Community on Facebook. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Thank you.